listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Uh, Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi, we are both social distancing and masks, and we are live streaming. Beside the phone number, 312-255-8408, youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. So join us one way or the other. And this tremendous second-half program we have lined up this morning, the Gateway Foundation, Addiction and Recovery. Our guests are Mark Turner, President, Community Services Division, and Jamel Tillman, Treatment Grad. So to Mark and to Jamel, welcome to the program this morning. How are you both? Good morning, Father Greg. How are you this morning? Doing very well, boy. Love your enthusiasm there, Mark. Mm-hmm. How are you doing there, Jamel? We can't hear you, Jamel. Are you on mute or something? We can. I can see you. As we're live streaming here, but I can't hear your voice, so I'm sure we'll figure it out from this end over here. So mm-hmm. it, uh, maybe just for a moment, uh, if you could, Mark, uh, you're the president of the Community Services Division. Give us the history of the Gateway Foundation for those that have certainly heard the name but really know very little about it. Sure. Gateway Foundation has been serving Chicagoland and Illinois for over 50 years. We started in 1968 and are the only uh, statewide provider. We have services around Chicagoland, but we are also statewide. We have a facility up uh, miles from the Wisconsin border. We go all the way down to the end of of Southern Illinois, and we provide a continuum of services uh, from residential uh, intensive services through day treatment and outpatient, and then follow-up services uh, through alumni. We also in uh, the pandemic have switched to and have a virtual platform that we call Gateway Connect that connect that can people keep people connected to recovery uh, at any point in their recovery journey. Can you speak a little bit? Do we have Jamel or no? Are you there, Jamel? No, we're still working. We're still working on Jamel, okay. Mark, can you explain to our listeners, as you look at the word addiction, what does that mean? What should people be looking for in terms of either themselves or working with a loved one um, that that is suffering from addiction? So addiction is really that, first of all, it's a disease and not a moral failing. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important for you and the listeners to understand that this is a disease. And it is also a disease of the brain in that Um, when somebody is addicted to a substance or addicted to a process, they have the compulsion to engage in that regardless of the consequences. 
whether or not they want to stop, they find themselves unable to stop uh, almost, almost regardless. And so they repeat that behavior without uh, any sense of, of those consequences. And, and, you know, those consequences can be devastating, both from a health perspective, from an economic perspective, and certainly this is a disease that has a huge impact on families and communities. Now, for example, uh, Mark, we can talk of gambling addiction, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, pornography addiction. Those are just to name some of the addictions that quickly come to mind. And I especially know with the area of uh, the drinking addiction, many, many times the man or woman will drink and the spouse angry wants to have end the marriage and the other person promises, I'll never do this again. And that lasts one, two, three days, maybe a week. And it's just a cycle that just keeps repeating itself. Am I correct? It does. And, and when that person makes that promise, they're not telling a lie. It mm-hmm. is what they believe at that moment that they make that because they're miserable in the cycle. They just don't know how to break that cycle without outside help. And, and the family may have heard this many times uh, over again. And, you know, their frustration and their intolerance of it or their lack of understanding that it is a disease and it requires an, a, a, some resources to help that person deal with it. And that's one of the things that we as Gateway want to be seen as in the communities that we serve as a resource to help people with this disease of substance use disorder. You know, we serve, you mentioned alcohol, Father Greg, that, you know, more than half of who we see has a primary issue with alcohol use disorder. And then we see other, uh, you know, opiates, methamphetamines, benzodiazepines, but, you know, alcohol is uh, what we see more than half of. And certainly in the last 18 months during the pandemic, we know that alcohol sales have increased significantly there are perhaps people out there who have crossed lines uh, with their alcohol use that they would have never crossed before and that they're really in a place where they need help. And so, you know, we want to know, you know, one, one of the messages that I think is really important is, is that treatment works. Now, the what are some of the, Mark, what are some of the major barriers to treatment? Okay, now along those lines, but now what are some of the major barriers to treatment? Well, I think stigma is an important barrier. People think of this not as a disease, but as a moral failing. You know, if you have a problem with diabetes or you have cancer, you're not ashamed to ask people for help or or recommendations as to what is the best way to deal with that. But I think that we still have, even, you know, in the 21st century, there's a lot of stigma around uh, substance use disorder. and so that is often a barrier because they think about this as as a moral failing. Now, um, I think Jamel is Jamel on. She's, no. she, she just joined us. Okay. Yes, I'm here. Well, Good morning, Jamel. Jamel. Welcome, Jamel. Hey. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Beautiful, beautiful smile and all. Yes. Now, I had a question. It, you're a treatment grad. Can you explain that to us? Well, that actually means that um, I had a successful completion from Gateway Lake Villa. Um, I was able to harness and understand the coping skills that they put inside of me to be able to deal with my disease. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my main substance of choice was alcohol, and um, and I'm also here to carry the message. Um, it carried through my life professionally that I'm, I'm beginning to pursue those avenues to be able to do some things like he was speaking of destigmatized substance use disorder and show them that it works if you just kind of take that first step. How did you take the first step? What, where were you in your life, and how did that first step occur? <laughs> well, um, the first step actually occurred in the mind where mm-hmm. I realized that my life was taking a, a toll on not only myself but my family. And then I also saw that the places that I thought I was supposed to be, mm-hmm. I wasn't there. I was making choices um, adverse to what God had planned for me, you know, by this being uh, a Catholic radio station. My faith is very strong, mm-hmm. and I saw myself in darker places. That line that he was speaking about that I thought I would never cross, I found myself crossing it, uh, making choices of substances over responsibility, uh, deciding to spend the majority of my time just staying in mood of mind, altering space. And uh, it took a moment of clarity, just a split second, for me to actually say it out loud that I needed help. You know, because I would think it, but in the same moment I would think it, the shame and guilt would kick in. And then I would do those things that I would normally do to kind of numb or silence that voice in my head. So um, once I got to that point, I made a phone call, literally. And the phone call was the gateway. And that was one of the places that I was familiar with. And from there, I'm here today, going on two years of sobriety. And um, happy and joyful recovery, at least today. Now, Jamel, did you actually enter the program and you lived within the confines of that building for how long? Uh, 31 days, 30 and a half days. So I was there for the full term of uh, the 30-day treatment program. And maybe about eight days in, I took it seriously about something that I was using to change my life past leaving those doors. How was it leaving, leaving after 31 and a half days? What were your feelings walking out into the world again? Um... It was joy, but it was a little bit of fear of what was to come. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was in such a comfortable confinement, we had such a routine, I was wondering how much of that would I be able to take into the outside world, and then also how much of that I would be able to display to people who were used to seeing me a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. Now, Jamel, I mean, this is fascinating. You're sharing your story, and we really, yeah, I really appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. We're sharing your story as a um, Gateway Foundation grad. Is as you enter the program and then spend about a month. What was that you said? Like day eight. So, what was the absolute turning point that was a game changer? Instead of fighting the program, saying I shouldn't be here, I'm fine. What am I doing here? I'm getting out of here. Because uh, I'm assuming at some point, if you could have said. I'm out of here. You can't force me to stay. I'm doing fine. So what was that moment in which truly was a metanoia, change of heart, game changer is the best way I can put it? You know, it's funny you say that because it was actually a one-on-one with my counselor, uh, Cassie, at the time. And she was able to have me see my spiral of aggression through 
my alcoholism, which is something I never recognized. I thought I was a very loving, nice person, very helpful, which I still have all those traits from mm-hmm. my disease. But when I could line it up with my behavior, I realized that my life would be much better if I wasn't an active alcoholic. And we really had a good talk about it. And I was able to see myself in my disease, which allowed me to see myself overcoming it. And I spent more time reading some of the materials that they had for me, uh, embodying the DBT skills, how to have positive self-talk. So I kind of uh, bought into what they were giving us on a daily basis, but not in a way that I was just trying to get over it. I realized it was a process for me to heal myself. So it was a one-on-one with Kathy, that, that cycle of aggression that I didn't think I possessed. That's amazing. And, and you're a woman of faith, which means at that moment you realized you were loved unconditionally. Yes. That's it's, beautiful. It's like the glimmer of hope. Yep. New it's shining in the room from that hope. New I was life. able to further nurture my faith. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, we're thank you so much for sharing that. We're going to be back. WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back with Mark Turner and Jamel, Jamel Tillman from the Gateway Foundation. And when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about what can families do to help support someone who wants to deal with their addiction. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. much waiting for you at Catholic Charities Senior Services. We offer programs and services to help make the most of every day. Friendships and fun are guaranteed at our drop-in senior centers. Our adult daycare centers offer enjoyment and greater supervision to seniors who need it while their caregivers get a break. Holy Family Villa provides a beautiful, safe environment for seniors looking for short or long-term residential facilities. And we offer assistance with senior benefits, care coordination, congregate and home-delivered meals, hospital transition, and much more. For more than 100 years, we have accompanied seniors through every transition in their lives, and we are here for you now. Catholic Charities is a name and an agency you can trust. Call Senior Services today at 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. I feel special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before.
We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackwitz, Mark Tracy here with Father Greg, and we're talking to Mark Turner and Jamel Tillman from the Gateway Foundation. During the break, I was talking to Father Greg. Years ago, when I, um, when I was full-time in parish ministry, Lutheran General Hospital had a program um, for members of the family who were living with someone with an addiction. And ministers could be involved. Two or three ministers were invited. I was one of them. You had to go through the program. And I learned a lot. One of the things I learned was the woman that was sitting in our group the first day did not tell her story till the very end. She was the last person to tell her story. And she walked in beautifully coiffured, the, the jewelry, perfect uh, dress, the whole shot. When she told her story, she just collapsed. She just, and she was the first time she said she ever realized she needed help in this situation. What about families, Mark? How, how do families intersect with someone who's going through the program or even families that have someone with an addiction that they need help? Well, this is a disease that impacts the family because, you know, and, and you know, one of the things that you mentioned and what you just said is, is that, you know, for the individual who is suffering from the substance use disorder, there's a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual component to this disease, but for the families, there's also an emotional, mm -hmm. mental, and spiritual component to this. You know, they love their husband, their wife, their son, their daughter, their mother, their father, and they want to have them in their lives in a different way and have them to be present and, and part of the family system. But sometimes they get their own emotions and their own thoughts in the way of trying to help somebody mm -hmm. because they can be angry, they can be resentful, they can be uh, upset with, with things. And so it's important for people who are part of the family system that are impacted by this, uh, you know, get their own uh, issues and their own work done sometimes. You know, you've got Alcoholics Anonymous, you've also got Al-Anon for family mm -hmm. and friends, you know, in terms of that being a resource uh, for folks. But I think that when uh, you're dealing with that family member who is resistant to going to treatment, you need to uh, learn uh, what are the resources and try and make it less emotional and, and more factual. Know the treatments available. Know that they can call Gateway Foundation and, and know that people can get into treatment and also know that treatment works uh, for people. You know, Jamal mentioned uh, using skill-based stuff and that she learned skills in treatment that are useful to her in, in living the new life that she is living and, and continues to live. And so, you know, learning skills in treatment are, are really important. At Gateway Foundation, we do when families are in, are in treatment. Now, one of the things that's important to understand is there's a lot of confidentiality around uh, treatment, which uh, allows people to know that they can come and be secure that where no one else is going to know they're there without them signing a release. But if they do sign a release, family can be involved in both our family education programs where we're educating the family about the disease or in family sessions where we're dealing with those individual 
plans of care with that individual family member. Now, Mark, you said some very, these are some great comments, but Mm -hmm. addiction never happens in isolation. So if it's a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, a mother, father, the situation, it's not in isolation, but it's always connected with family. So Jamel, in your situation, um, when you were in denial, or I don't have a problem, and I can take care of this, as you look back, how is it directly or indirectly affecting your family that in hindsight, it's like, my God, what was going on here? Yeah, that's uh, a very good question because what it did was that it, uh, my family went through a lot of pain. They went through a lot of um, worry, a lot of distress, a lot of anger. and But at the same time, they were praying for me, you know. They, mm-hmm. they wanted to see the sister that they loved. They wanted to see the daughter that they knew had higher ambitions. They wanted to see the auntie, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a very loved auntie in my family. My nieces and nephews uh, saw me at times that, uh, that were a bit embarrassing. But through Gateway and through the fellowship that I'm involved in, I've learned to shed some of that shame. Um, I know definitely for my mom, it caused her a, a lot of pain. And also the bit of codependency that went along with that, mm-hmm. because instead of losing me, they want to keep me close. So sometimes, from my personal experience, uh, the family can contribute a little bit in, in, in fear of what's going to happen to you outside. Uh, but in hindsight, I look at all the pain that I caused my family, and that was a part of the reason why I wanted to come out of this, this horrible disease. Because my sister actually told me a couple of weeks ago that she saw the sister that she knew trapped inside of the alcoholic. Wow. And she just wished I would come out. And this was some years ago, and it touched me um, in a way that I'm glad I'm here to come out of that today. So, yeah. Wow. Now, Jamel, on your, on your journey, um, did your family inter—was there an intervention? And during the process of your healing— were they involved in any kind of support group or work or like Mark had said that they needed to work on things? Yes, they didn't. It wasn't an intervention. It was just a few conversations to let me know what I, how I was affecting them and who I could be. And those mm-hmm. are the things that helped me reach out for help. But also my mother and my father took me to treatment. Uh, And they were there for my intake. Um, My sister and my mom came out to family sessions when we had them at Gateway, which is really good because the counselors were able to explain the the disease of addiction in ways that they might not have been aware Mm -hmm. of. And my mother and father participated, and my sister, in the family sessions. And, And that helped me a lot understand how they were feeling. And they also got to see the growth and the seriousness that I had about my sobriety as well as recovery. So they were they were involved, and those things actually worked because there were other families there as well. And and when we left our families and like went back to group or went back to lunch or dinner, we could see and share the growth mm-hmm. that our families were having and loving what we were doing. So now, Mark, along those lines, what are the signs and symptoms of substance use disorder? Well, probably the biggest one is not showing up in lies. This is, this is a disease that causes people to uh, let 
their own will run rampant over others. So uh, self, some of that real self-centered behavior of I'm more important, I don't have to show up on time, I don't have to show up, I, uh, but also stealing money to support the habit, uh, particularly uh, we see some young people that start by stealing prescription meds from family members and then you know, using those. And so you know, really that uh, this is a disease of dishonesty uh, and an awful lot. And, and so, uh, you know, not telling the truth, money missing, uh, changes in behavior, uh, changes in friends, loss of interest in doing the things that used to be important to somebody. Um, but we can also see those physical signs, the bloodshot eyes, the shakes, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, for, for some substances, significant weight loss uh, happens. And so there are Again, as I said, this is a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual disease. I really like and that. So you know, we can see physical changes and mental changes mm -hmm. and emotional changes. I really like that line you talk about. This is this is a disease, not a moral failure, mm -hmm. which is that's a beautiful line. Also, someone just gave this line to me, that is, things we take in quietly, come out in noisy ways. Mm -hmm. Things we take in quietly come out in noisy ways. So then. You're dealing with someone who in family who is addicted, and you take that in, and all of a sudden you start gaining weight, losing weight, you yourself start drinking more. It's like putting air in a balloon. You just keep pumping that air in. At some point, the balloon pops. Mm -hmm. And so things we take in quietly come out in noisy ways. But see, we always, isn't funny in life, we wear masks. I'm not talking about a physical mask I'm wearing right now for COVID, but the mask to hide our pain. And now we just have another minute here, so maybe in closing, um, either for Jamel or for Mark, if someone wants to learn more about the program, Gateway Foundation, give us a phone number and a web. Sure. It is gatewayfoundation.org, and we have a number of phone numbers, but they can do 877-377-2027. That number once again, Mark. 877-377-2027. And maybe for the very last few seconds, Jamel, any closing remarks for our listeners this morning? Yes, I just uh, pray that if you're in the need of help uh, with any type of substance use disorder or you know a family member, reach out to Gateway okay, because it does work. And um, just hold on to that, that bit of hope because the next day will be better because it worked for me. Hopefully my message helped someone today and they reach out for help. Amen to that. Amen. I want to thank That's in a right. very special way Mark Turner, President, Community Services Division, and Jamel Tillman, treatment grad from the Gateway Foundation. Mark and Jamel, thank you for sharing your stories and the great work of Gateway Foundation. Special thanks to co-host Mark Teresi. Again, Mark, early happy birthday. Thank you very and much. And with your beautiful wife, Mary, thank early you. happy 40th anniversary on Monday. Thank you. Special thank you to Javi Garcia, Brian Hockey, Hitman Brock, great producers, engineers, and to our listeners, God bless. Great week. Go White Sox, beat the Yankees this weekend. Yay, go White Sox. Thanks, Father Greg. Thank you. Go Cubs. <laughs> Where are they going? <laughs>
You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.